Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Happy Hour podcast. I am Christy, your host, and today's topic is conducting an ISO 27001 risk assessment. In this episode, I'll be speaking about conducting a risk assessment as part of the implementing ISO 27001. And part of this uh, risk assessment includes or involves identifying potential threats, assessing the likelihood and the impact of these threats that you discovered, and then implementing the appropriate control to mitigate against the risk. And I'm going to discuss what the steps are. So the first step is you have to identify your assets. So we're looking at all your information assets that need to be protected and this includes your hardware, your software, any data or personal personal information. Now, you should have a, an asset list or asset register already. So sometimes it's basically looking at these asset registers and ensuring that they are up to date. Secondly, you want to identify your weaknesses or your vulnerabilities. So what are the potential vulnerabilities within these information assets that you've identified? And what are the processes that these information assets use? So when I say processes, okay, how does it process these information? How does it store the information? And how does it transmit the information? And the things that you may identify uh, could be on patch software, that's usually the common one, weak passwords, you may have uh, insufficient access controls. So you don't have some access controls, but they're not fit for purpose, not fully fit for purpose. And then what do you do? What's the first step you do? You determine what is the likelihood of an impact of these vulnerability if they are realized. So you assess the likelihood and, and the impact of each, van, uh, each threat that you've identified so the threat and the vulnerabilities on these information assets that you originally listed. And how what is the one of the best approaches of doing this is to use a risk matrix. So the advantage of a risk matrix is that it helps to map what the likelihood and the impact of each risk that you've documented, you've identified and documented. So you've got your risk matrix sorted. Great. Now you have to determine now your risk levels. So you're gonna assign a risk level to each of these risks that you've identified and documented. And again, examine it, the risk based on the likelihood and the impact. Then next step, you're gonna select a risk treatment option okay, to mitigate those identified risks. So you select the risk treatment options to mitigate against the risk that you've identified. This could be, options could be, um, implemented technical controls, re-examining your firewalls. I expect you have some firewalls already. Probably implementing an IDS system or other technical controls, such actually non-technical controls. Let's look at policies and procedures. Now, I want to kind of walk over these approaches again when approaching risk, and these are one, you can tolerate the risk. So you can take these four approaches. One, tolerate the risk. Two, treat the risk by applying controls. 
Three, terminate the risk by avoiding it entirely. And lastly, transfer the risks. So you're transferring the risk to a third party, either insure, through insurance or some sort of agreement. So let's just start with the first one I just mentioned, tolerating the risk. So in order for you to, as part of implementing the ISO 27001, you talk about risks, risk assessment. So you have to accept particular risk that exists and then you may decide not to take any further action on those risks because you've accepted them. So you can take no further action to mitigate those risks. And again, you must do your risk assessment first. You have to do the work and then it's okay, this is what we have in place. We're going to accept it. Okay. And now you've made that decision based on the risk assessment and you determine already what the level of the risk is acceptable to your organization and what can be tolerated within your organization's risk appetite. So further steps to follow. You want to define your risk tolerance. So you have to define what the criteria for determining which risk can be tolerated and which of those risks cannot. Again, this to make these decisions are based on your organization risk appetite and you take into account things like the likelihood of that risk occurring and the potential impact of that risk. If this happens, if we have if we have weak passwords and we are uh, we are um, um, attacked, what could what could happen? Secondly, look at the risk level. Okay, we always mentioned about conducting risk assessment. Okay. And we also talked about the matrix already. So that you should have done that already. Now you're going to evaluate again the risk that you've identified against the defined risk tolerance uh, criteria. Again, you're looking at it's, it's ongoing work, as you can see. Can this risk be tolerated or can't be tolerated? And then someone has to make the, all these decisions, okay, to tolerate the risk. So obviously someone has to, when we say someone has to make decisions, someone higher up uh, or someone who's accountable who's asset owner. So in order for you to have to do all this, you must have a risk management plan in place. And then as part of that plan, you have to justify the, the, uh, the decision and the reason why that risk is accept, acceptable and why, you, why the organization tolerating that risk. Now, of course, other things you can do or you must do is to monitor the risk. So you monitor the risk uh, on ongo regularly on an ongoing basis to ensure that it remains within your organization's tolerance level. So let's say, for example, you identify the risk to be medium, it's a medium risk, and you've accepted it. Then you need to keep an eye on it to make sure it doesn't go to high, because obviously if it goes to high, it is uh, past that threshold and it's no longer acceptable. You cannot, you cannot tolerate that risk any longer. So, because if it goes into high or to another criteria, then you need to re-examine and you might need to reconsider um, that decision of tolerating that risk at that time. Now, as mentioned in tolerating risk, that shouldn't be your first option. Oh, we see, oh, this is we're going to tolerate it. No, it shouldn't be the default option. Okay, it should be you to, to determine the level of risk that's acceptable. I'm saying this again, that's acceptable and the risk that you can be managed within your organization's risk appetite. Okay. And again, I just mentioned again, you continue to review that decision that you've made to tolerate that risk, to make sure it is still relevant at that particular time.
Okay, so what about treating the risk? You said, you go, okay, you're going to treat the risk. What do you do? So you're going to apply some sort of controls. And that, again, this includes either mitigating the risk or you want to reduce the likelihood and impact of that, that risk that you've identified. Okay, so how do you do this? You select the controls. Make sure that the controls you selected, either you said firewall, it is appropriate to mitigate or reduce the likelihood and the impact of that risk. Okay, so the chance of it happening. Now, I've mentioned that you should have a risk treatment plan. Okay, that is as a standard. And then this, what's with this risk treatment plan? It will help you to outline what the controls for each risk identified. So each risk you've identified, what is the implementation of that risk? What is the controls in that risk? Okay. So you've selected the control according to your risk treatment plan. Again, remember, depend on what you've identified, it could be physical, it could be physical control, it could be a technical control, or it could be organization control. Then, okay, you've done that now. What next? You're going to, again, review, review, review. Review and test the effectiveness. So, you, okay, let's say you decide to, to, to uh, apply technical control, IDS. This IDS has been implemented, but you need to test if it's actually effective. Is it doing what it says on the tin? Okay, is it working as it is intended to work? And how would you determine if it's working? By, well, doing an internal audit, um, conducting a vulnerability scan, or you might even go further and do a pen test. You can also monitor maintenance control. You have to make sure that they are always maintained and they re remain effective for, to mitigate these risks you've identified, okay? Then what else can you do? You can document the implemented controls. So document these controls in the information security management system. So you are going to document these controls for your ISMS. Remember, this is all for your ISMS. Again, this including your scope. I've discussed the scope in the previous podcast, the purpose, and who's responsible for these for each control. Because if something goes wrong, is it the IT department who's responsible for this? Is, or if it's a physical control, is it the, um, secu the the physical security manager or that team? Someone must be accountable and must be documented. Because if things go wrong, we want to know who do we speak to? Who's, who's accountable for addressing this risk? Who's supposed to keep an eye on it? Now, if you within your organization, you don't have that in-house expertise, you can seek the advice of an ISO 27001 consultant. Okay, or an auditor to give you that guidance because what they will have the expertise of cybersecurity or, or, or well, IT and also business, and they're also used to auditing, auditing experts as well. So they can provide an advice to implement the appropriate controls based on the risk that you've identified. Now, remember. If it's an, a third-party order, they can't really give you that full advice, okay? So external consultant may help for training staff in-house to get that expertise. Okay, so the third treatment is, term, well, the third one is terminating the risk, okay? So when we say terminate the risk, when you implement your ISO 27001, is totally avoiding the risk altogether. 
Okay, so how do you do this? How do you achieve this? Is by eliminating the cause. What caused the risk in the flesh? We're going to take that away so it doesn't happen. Or avoid the activity that gives, what introduces that risk, that give rise to that risk. Okay, so either what? You avoid it totally, but you know you have to do some work. Or, as I said, um, avoid it or eliminate the cause of the identified risk and the fourth and final option again is transferring the risk to a, a third party such as insurance company or a, a supplier to handle so you might say oh, this is just too big for us to manage we need to share the responsibilities so that you can so that well, the insurance is willing to accept the risk share the risk with the insurance company remember you probably choose your existing insurance company because you obviously would have insurance already or search for an insurance company that handles that particular type of risk. Now, you've done that, so you have to come to negotiate the terms and condition of the risk transfer with that insurance company or the selected party or the supplier, including the scope, the duration and the cost of the transfer. Then, as with all agreements, this needs to be documented. So there'll be a, a some kind of paperwork with a sign agreement between the organisation and the third party, which could be insurance or, or supplier, of including the terms of transferring that risk and what each risk each party is responsible for. Ongoing monitoring and maintenance um, of that risk transfer agreement. Um, you have to do this so make sure that that agreement is still effective and also there are some clauses with these so you want to make sure that these clauses not being is being met because yes you transfer it to insurance company but if you do not if any of the clause is broken it, it may become null and void now transferring the risk really should be considered uh if that you've done the homework, you've done your risk assessment, and this risk cannot be treated by either using controls um, or you're not willing to tolerate your organization, not willing to tolerate, not willing to accept or tolerate that risk. And so, as a conclusion, a decision has been made to transfer that risk through obviously a risk assessment has been conducted. So you must always do a risk assessment. You can't just say, oh, we're going to transfer it. No, because obviously you need to pass that information to the insurance company or the supplier to understand what they're accepting. Now, I'm going to say this once again, that the ISMS is a live system and conducting a risk assessment generally, either enterprise risk or for the ISO 27001, it is a continuous process and you should always review because we know that the status of the risk can change and you want to make sure that you, these are, these risks are regularly reviewed. You must review them and then they may need updating to ensure that your information security risk are managed appropriately. Now, other things that I recommend is of course, when you're doing this, you're going to involve all the stakeholders. So when I mean, who are your stakeholders? This could be also your IT department, your legal department, 
um, any of your business units, okay, um, employees. So you need to identify your your. Actually, this should have been done right from the start anyway. But that's the need. You need to consider this as part of the risk assessment process. Okay. So they why so they ensure that they have a comprehensive understanding of the organisation risk and the appropriate controls are being applied. Now I've given you um, an overview of the risk assessments as it applies to the twenty seven thousand one. Now, that's all I have for you today. Thank you once again for listening. You can contact me on our website, intexciety.co.uk, um, or you can contact me on LinkedIn. So if you do some work and search for me, but all, all the information is on the show notes. Thank you once again for listening and have a fantastic day. Until next time. <laughs>